Today's episode of the Little Pod That Could is brought to you by Ask for Cisco. Uh, dude is the number one Honda dealer in the Salem area. Uh, he wants to help people out, isn't trying to rip people off. Uh, if you are in the market for a new or used car, go check him out. He can hook you up. Ask for Cisco on Facebook and Instagram. We are also brought to you by Rescued Heroes. It's an organization I run trying to hook up rescue and shelter dogs, trying to convince people that maybe wouldn't have thought about it before to adopt or foster. Uh, we are still in the middle of the summer sale. Check it out. I love rescuedheroes.com or rescued heroes on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, the sale ends soon, so go check it out. You've been thinking about it. You want to buy some stickers to help out some dogs. Now's the time. Check it out. In today's episode, um, I was really excited about this one. We got to kind of talk some business and marketing stuff, which I like as well. Uh, I interview Francisco Garcia. He's um, one of the top Honda salesmen in the Salem area, if not the top. He has a really, I, he kind of caught my eye because he was doing Ask for Cisco stuff online. He's kind of one of the few salespeople I see that's really using Facebook and Instagram effectively. So wanted to talk to him, kind of see what he was thinking, what he does, what his strategy is. Um, had an awesome conversation, some really good stuff, some thoughts on how to not get ripped off when you go out looking for a car, which I think is super beneficial. Also, if you're in sales, I thought he gave some really good stuff on how to improve your sales, how he's using um, his marketing strategy on social media. Um, some really cool stuff in there. So, yeah, um, check out the episode. Also, have another cool episode lined up, I think, in the works. Another actually couple cool episodes lined up. So stay tuned for those. Um, and without further ado, here's Francisco. Welcome to Little Pot That Could. My guest today is Francisco Garcia, goes by Cisco. Uh, he's a car salesman extraordinaire right now, entrepreneur, um, lots of other things we'll get into as we go, producer, beat maker, right? Yep. Cool. So, Francisco, thanks for being here today. Should I call you Cisco? Whatever. All right. Okay. Um, so, I wanted to just, because I know you, obviously, from high school, but um, and you were, like, a good student, like, did what you should do. So, but then, I haven't really talked to you much since then. So, yeah. sort of fill in the gap between there and now. Like, what have you been doing? What have you been up to? Like, what kind of cool experiences have you had? Like, just kind of fill in the gaps for me and tell me what's been going on. Ooh. It's a long time. It's yeah. like a decade. But Literally 10 years. Yeah. Um, it's it's been a roller coaster after after graduating high school at McKay I you know went to PCC and went into school studying uh, business marketing and okay. administration uh, that didn't last too long just because it was I guess more a personal decision yeah I felt like I was learning more from mentors that I was business mentors that I had at the time um, versus business teachers that sure. never really ran a business. Yeah, right. And um, so I dropped out out of my first year and had a full ride, but I just it wasn't my calling. Okay. Um, went into business, started businesses. Uh -huh. um, I was actually partnered up with a, um, a company that distributed uh, cutlery products for right. homes. And uh, that was great. I did that for about seven years. Um, Which is not the norm, right? Normally, because you, I mean, can we say it was Cutco, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, that's not kind of the norm, right? Isn't there's a kind of like high turnover? And so if you stick there, you're like. Yeah, there's super high turnover. Yeah. Um, a lot of their, the people that they work with are predominantly, um, you know, students just graduating, people mm -hmm. in college, you know, looking for a summer job. And that's what it started off with me. But um, I liked it. I continued doing it like I said, through while I was in school. And I just, I, 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 I found myself wanting to be selling versus like going to school and 
memorizing stuff. And um, so I did that, moved up, became an assistant manager, learned how to run an office. So I was given essentially like a franchise mm-hmm. um, and did that for two summers in a row. And then I was promoted to run my own district. And so I did that in Portland, Gresham, Salem, and um, even in the middle, I, I tried to go back to school to do music production. Okay. But as like YouTube was, you know, really starting to thrive, I found myself, you know, lo- basically two hour lectures could have been taught in a five hour YouTube video. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I mean, five minute YouTube video. Sure, so sure. I'm like, gosh, why am I even in this yeah, 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 too yeah. long? Right. Um, Spending money when you could just watch YouTube for free and save time. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's what I did. Um, essentially taught myself how to produce music and, and I'd taken like piano classes and things like that. But, um, yeah, just learning software on my own through YouTube, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, then I got, um, had a daughter and okay. so I stepped away from running offices. I just wanted to spend like the first year solely focused on raising my daughter. Yeah. And, and I did that. And then, so then did you go back to just sales then or, yeah, after, after the year, it was like a little over a year and a half, I actually went back to Cutco. Okay. And I opened up a district office in Salem. Um, but that was a lesson in itself because I realized, man, you really need the passion for whatever business you're in. And right. So after literally like five months, I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, it was, it was doing well because... I already knew how to like master the systems, the business right. systems to make it go, um, you know, effectively. But I just stepped away, and I went all in on a music production company okay. uh, with one of my buddies, Luis. And so we just started really branding it and starting to partner up with with artists and selling them beats and production and and asking what they needed, whether it was recording or a new melody or remaking a song for uh-huh. them or all kinds of different things. So we're, you're, we're making some money that way. Nothing crazy, but... Um, Did you work with anyone, like, high profile that you could name drop or...? Um, I've, I've had, like, offers to go intern. Okay. Um, things like that. Um, but, no, I never never really... Okay, all right. For, for the circumstances, just never, like... Never you almost have to kind of be right place, right time, know the right people in those, right? I mean, it's not like yeah. you just make beats and, you know, yeah. Drake's like, hey, I like that. I'm going to use that, right? I mean, there's like a process to it, I'm yeah. assuming, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so then, then I actually moved to the Bay because I had a, an opportunity to go. Um, one of my buddies was doing um, solar down there oh. and I mean solar is a huge industry in itself yeah. like that I would still be there um, had some things not happened at, at the time yeah so I moved down there I was I was basically moved by this company to go um, just basically do self-employed work over there okay and I, I loved it you know essentially they teach you how to basically just sell so well it's not really selling it was um it's a state mandate that california has where 33 percent of their energy has to come from um renewables renewable energy like solar yeah and people were able to sign up for solar panels to be installed on their home and literally no cost to them they just have to agree to it wow um so that was like the easiest kind of yeah (laughs) right yeah we were making a commission because it was counted as a sell right um, so we started off by, they teach you to go knock on doors and throw a pitch. And I quickly realized, man, it's kind of tough. You know, there's a lot of people knocking on doors. So right. I started partnering up with roofing companies. And because hmm. what I realized was sometimes when these people would get really excited about getting solar on their homes, um, there would be, uh, some of them wouldn't qualify because they would need a new roof. So I, I just kind of put the two together and was like, wow. well, might as well just partner up with roofing companies. Right. And I started calling roofing companies and went that route. What was the pitch to the roofing company? Like, how did you get them? What was in it for them? Um, it was a referral fee. I so see. So I threw on like 350 bucks. I see. For them to just, you know, as soon as they installed it, 
they'd speak to the customer like, hey, have you thought about going um, getting solar because you'd save 40 to 60% on your monthly bill literally at no cost to you. Mm. And if they're interested, you'd say, okay, I'm going to have somebody call you to set up an appointment and just let you know what that's like. Yeah. Um, I'd set up, you know, he'd call me, one of these roofers would call me and then I'd call the, the, that lead essentially and set up the appointment, show it to them. And it was pretty straightforward. Smart. Smart. Yeah. I was just like, I was literally sitting at home yeah. in the bay making beats and how to get calls to call this person. So. Wow. So it was cool. I loved it. And, um, then I was hit with some custody papers. Okay. Um, so the, the idea was like, I was only going to be gone for six months to maybe a year at the most just to stack up and then, sure. and then move back. But I was actually flying back every other weekend to visit my daughter mm-hmm. while she was with her mom. Um, so I realized that it, it, it got, it got real. So I, I had to move back because there was no way I was going to win if I was out of state. Sure. And the way it was pitched and painted made me look like I was some like deadbeat dad okay. moved out of state. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. So I moved back, um, handled that, took care of that. But when I moved back, I, I literally, I was, I was almost kind of borderline depressed. Cause I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? Yeah, here? sure. You left like a crazy good yeah, gig down there. Exactly. And I love yeah. what I was doing. Um, and so I thought, well, I should start a business. And I thought, well, what, what kind of business? Like, well, why, why not a dealership? You know, I mm-hmm. like cars. Maybe I should open up a dealership. But I, I, didn't, I didn't know anything about working at a dealership. So sure. I thought, well, maybe I should work at a dealership. Yeah, yeah, first. and actually, like, learn the, learn the ropes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I went, um, applied a few places. Um, but I found myself just kind of going with Honda because that's my, my family had always owned Hondas and I knew that they're reliable cars. So I would feel confident about selling the vehicle. Sure. Um, so that's so having confidence in what you're selling is a, is a big deal. Oh yeah. For you. Always, always. I mean, I've, I've been pitched companies and products and businesses to, um, to be a part of. And if I just, if I literally did, didn't see a point or value in it, I'd say, no, I'm fine. Because even, like, with Cutco, like, I mean, it's expensive yeah. cutlery, but it is. Like, I still have, shout out to Zach Hooley, but uh, <laughs> I still have some of the Cutco that he sold me, and that was, jeez, 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, and it's still in great condition, and, yeah, you know, and so, yeah, it was kind of expensive at the time, but, I mean, if you count yeah. that over the 15 years, I mean, shout out to Cutco, too, I guess, yeah. they're getting a free plug here, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it's been, it's crazy, it's, like, still in brand new condition, Yeah. after all these years, so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it was, at the time, you know, that was, like, the first product that I'd ever learned about, I, I like, there's a lot of points that I liked about it, so. Yeah. I was confident in it. And I was also just curious, like, ooh, business sales. Sure, like, sure. When you learn some stuff too, right? Because, I mean, they had, like, programs oh, yeah. and you had mentors. That's what you were talking about mentor-wise, Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. So, back to your, uh, you wanted to work at the Honda dealership. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you yeah. get in there. Yeah, so I get in there and I just thought, whoa, gold mine, like people come to you yeah you know people come and they're wanting to buy stuff because i was always used to i'd have to go out there and grind sure and to attract these customers um so i went in there and and yeah i was just uh, the way i looked at it was like okay let me bless this person they're wanting to buy a car what, what, what do they need what, what's their situation like how much do they want to put down um what do they need to qualify? And I just basically look at it as like a puzzle mm-hmm. and put it all together. So, yeah. And and how long have you been doing that now? Nah, well, I did that. <laughs> I did that for four months when I first went in, and that was like April 2017. Okay. Then I was actually recruited by uh, another McKay alumni okay. uh, to go work at a software company in Portland. and And that was great. Oh, man, like. That, that were you doing sales there too, or I was doing business development. So it's okay. like a team of engineers that have this software that almost every huge company uses, but nobody really knows about this company. Okay. And so they needed like a salesperson to take care of all of the inquiries and leads that were coming in. 
And so I went in there and just started calling all these people back, you know, responding to emails, Mm -hmm. uh, coordinating tech calls for them to have an engineer explain. Sure. Like a demo and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was cool. Got to work with some big companies, you know, like huge companies, um, Comcast, NASA, Apple, things like that. Uh And speak to some of their, um, well, well, basically like their engineers and um, every now and then like vice presidents, things like that. But Hmm. uh, of all all kinds of different companies. But um, but but yeah, that was cool. I, I got to learn. Um, a lot about how to a lot of technical stuff that I had never been exposed to mm-hmm. um, and even more of like how to work with higher level executives or in like the corporate world um, hmm. you know proper emails things like that sure um, so yeah I, I learned a lot from that or and even how to how to follow up because that was all that it was mm-hmm. these these are not just like quick sales it was yeah. follow up follow it's like up building the relationship and yeah yeah because you're only one fraction to their like huge project that they're doing right um so there was a lot of follow-up and after maybe it was like yeah a little over a year probably like 14 months i was like man if i take these skills back to selling cars i'm just gonna kill it huh. and so that's what I did, you know. I I I, uh, I thank them for the experience and what I learned, and and just went back to Honda. I was like, I need to come back, and, and yeah. I, I mean, I'm glad I made that move because yeah, yeah. It's it's been pretty exciting since I've been back. I came back. I went back to Honda in December, and yeah, just just trying to kill it and bless as many people as I can along the way. Sure. So you've been in sales then pretty much your entire career like in some form or fashion you've been doing sales the entire time yeah only wow what's the best part of sales and what's the worst part of sales the best part of sales well it it always has to come back to if you believe in whatever you're selling sure um that you're you're helping the person um that's the way i always look at it if is what I'm doing helping this person, and and I, I like I genuinely like helping people. I like meeting people, um, so that's what my favorite part about sales. The worst part about sales, um, I think it depends on the person, but I, I think most people would say is maybe the self doubt sometimes that can creep mm-hmm. in, but you kind of have to ignore that and just go all in. And do you have a strategy for how you deal with that? ignore it (laughs) does that work yeah yeah it works yeah it was a muscle i mean it's a muscle you know like sure and yeah i mean back 10 years ago uh, self-doubt and just other people getting in my ear would would really get to me and now not so much oh my gosh especially the car dealer the dealership industry yeah that was the first time i'd ever experienced any kind of like hate um people just not wanting to help me there's no teamwork it's, I, I it's like a cutthroat yeah. type of okay everybody's in it for themselves you know sure so i went in there you know just being myself you know positive wanting to make friends and nobody really wanted to help me i'd ask like a question like hey how, how do i do this mm-hmm. or what does this mean they'll literally literally look at me and look the other way and just go on about their business. Dang. Like, ignore me. You know? So how did you get those questions answered? Like, I'd go straight to management. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd ask them. Um, mm-hmm. I'd pick their brain. Um, you know, a lot of people have credit, like, given me credit for asking really good questions. And so I'd just ask as many questions as I can. Huh. Um, weave in questions in mid-conversations sure. strategically, you know, sure. things like that. Okay. Uh, do you have a strategy for getting better at kind of a twofold question? Like, how do you continue to sharpen the, the axe, you know, and get better at your, your profession? And then also, like, lifestyle stuff. Do you have, like, daily routines or things that you do or, you know, are you reading podcasts? And so it's kind of a two. Yeah. Like, how, are you, how do you continue to improve in your profession and in your life? So I'm... I'm a curious person, like by nature. Mm-hmm. So I'm always 
asking questions. Like I said, I'm also I'm also seeking knowledge. Like I'm trying to learn, whether it's through podcasts, whether it's through reading books, um, whether yeah, or or you know, actually one of my favorite things is, or even advice is, anytime I would go somewhere like a new industry, a new company. I always ask, okay, who's doing it the best? Mm-hmm. Like, who's killing it? And I go directly to them. Like, mm-hmm. how are you doing it? Why? Mm-hmm. You know, I literally ask tactical steps on how they're doing it and mm-hmm. just mimic what they're doing. Yeah. Okay. Do you have like, uh, like, are you reading anything good right now that you're like, man, this? Or have you read a book in the last year or two that you this was really good? Or is there podcasts uh, you're listening to regularly that you would recommend people listen to? Yeah, two books I actually read recently was uh, Money Master the Game, which is Tony Robbins. It talks about like investing and, mm-hmm. and secrets of investing. And now, he, have he you, like interviews like the most prolific investors ever. Because he wrote, I think it's called Unshakable, which is the book after that, yeah. which is supposed to be like a condensed version of that. Have you? I haven't read that one yet. Okay. But... Yeah, Money Master of the Game, it's a pretty thick book. Um, but I like that, and I'm also reading another pretty big book. It's All You Need to Know About the Music Business, okay. um, which I've learned a lot from. Um, yeah. Hmm. Okay, how about podcasts? Any podcasts you'd recommend? Um, yeah, yeah, there's this podcast that... Um, I mean, besides this Kevin one, Turner. obviously, you know, <laughs> then we had the same joke, same time. Um. But no, no, also this, uh, let's see here, what is it called? I think it's called Big Pockets. It's it's a real estate investing one. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, Bigger Pockets. Yeah, Bigger Pockets Money. That's a real estate investing podcast that I've been listening to. Okay. A lot of good features and stuff. Because uh, that's ultimately what I want to do is be a real estate investor. Okay, so, why? What's What's appealing about that? Uh, freedom, time freedom, sure. Um, financial freedom, um, being able to just buy an investment and get an infinite return. Hmm. Okay, interesting. And so, do you have like a time frame on when you'd like to be like full time real estate investing? I would say within the next ten years. It's probably gonna take okay. another ten years. Had yeah. I done it differently, uh. Uh, when I was like in Cutco, mm-hmm. man, when I was in Cutco, I was I was making really really great money, mm-hmm. but I was also young. Sure. You know, I was so you were spending 20, really really great money too. Blowing yeah. it away. <laughs> yeah. And just I mean, I don't regret it, but had I known what I know now, sure, things would be. That's how you know you're getting old when you yeah, start saying things like that. Yeah. You like you have that wisdom now. You're like, yeah. man, yeah, hmm, yeah, interesting. So cool. Yeah. All right, now let's get into the sales side of things. Um, I don't know if this, do they rank, like, how do you rank among other cars, say, like, you in the top 10%, or you, you know, I don't know, is there, do they have some sort of way to rank um, people? I mean, I usually finish, I usually sell the most at my dealership. Okay. Um, like, consistently, you're selling the most. Yeah. Usually. Dang, look at this guy. Um, but it's, again, it all comes back to, I'm just trying to help as many people. Sure. Like and so with that, like, so, I mean, in, in order to be succeeding in an industry, you have to be doing something right. And, you know, you've talked a lot about <clears throat> helping people. So, and I think that a lot of people, like, I, I told myself I would never go to a dealership again because, you know, it's like, with the internet, why wouldn't I just buy it, you know? Mm. So how, and I, and I think, you know, the last time, the last time I went and got a car in 2007, from dealership I definitely got ripped off like as soon as I went in to talk to the dude that finalizes the stuff he upsold me on all the stuff and I was you know spending way more money than I had planned on when I walked into that spot but and so I think a lot of people have had those types of experiences and made them kind of leery about going to a dealership yeah. so how would you how would you advise people to go to a dealership and make sure they get a good deal besides coming to see you well but, yeah, yeah well I mean Nowadays, you're right. I mean, it's even difficult for on their end to rip people off. And I think I came in in the right time mm-hmm. because I, I noticed there's like two kinds of people. 
there's a lot of people at the dealership that are literally like out to get you and i, mm. I don't get that mentality i'm like what the hell yeah why do you want to like literally like screw people over right um where is that I'm just not, to make more money and that's the thing it's not it's not even like that anymore like okay. back in like the 90s and 80s the more you sold a car for the more you were gonna get things like that nowadays a lot of companies are more um they like streamlined it every it's like either a tier system where you get x amount per unit mm -hmm. until you hit this amount of cars then you get this x amount i see so it doesn't really like to me the way i look at it is like i literally don't care what i sell the car for sure it, if i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to get the best deal for the customer or if you know if they already know what's the best deal and what it's valued at um and that's the thing like a lot of um nowadays people can go online and they do their research mm -hmm. you know so that, that's another thing that that i have going for myself is people come in they already know what they want i don't need to sell them on a different car sure and i look at some people at, that i work with and like oh no you don't want that car you want this car like mm. it has this it has that mm -hmm. and i'm like why are you even doing that like they want this car this color they already know yeah i'd say about 75 percent of the time they already know right and so and I, so do you see when people when the people that you're talking about do that do they end up losing the sale oh, because yeah. people are like because i mean really like they come in you're right if they come in with a specific idea because i do that too when i go shopping i kind of already know like what i want to buy and how much i'm willing to pay for it yeah. so if i walk in and someone's trying to show me something else I'm like, listen like that's not that's not what i came in here for More recent time right? yeah and then i'm gonna get out i'm not gonna i'm, I'm out you know so is that you've yeah. noticed that with yeah. with other people like when they do that they're, they're losing more sales right yeah and you know one of the things that i even heard um you know I, like i said I, i'm curious and learning i heard gary v gary vaynerchuk mm -hmm. he said if you want to start a business think about a business that where you're buying a, a person is buying their time back mm -hmm. you know so you kind of reference like uber yeah, and it makes things more efficient. Right, Airbnb, it's making things more efficient. I heard him talk about that too, and I was pissed because I had, like, right before that, I obviously don't have the platform Gary Vee does, but uh, I was talking about convenience as a commodity that that the internet had made things, made convenience a commodity. So he was talking about Uber as being reduced reduced friction. Mm -hmm. So like it made it easier for you to do stuff. But I, I thought actually convenience as a commodity made more sense. But like yeah, you're right and. Mm -hmm. And it does seem like even when people go to buy cars now, they're going because they want someone who already knows what's going on and can help them with the transaction. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't even think dealerships are going to be around in like the next 10 years. Okay. Like, there's definitely, uh, it's definitely a time What do you line. think, the, what happens? What's the, what's the change? Because I, I don't, like I mentioned, I wanted to open up a dealership. Not sure. anymore. Um, Every, I think everything is going to be going to, like, direct to consumer, consumer. I don't have it all figured out, but, I mean, companies are starting to do that now. There's apps where you can buy cars and, mm -hmm. you know, show up to your house. Mm -hmm. Like, even Tesla's basically doing sure. that model. And Which so, also is convenient, right? If I don't have to go out and yeah. go car shopping, I can do it from my house, and you're going to deliver it to my house? Exactly. That's even easier. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I definitely think as things get more and more people will bring you stuff they'll bring you food i mean postmates will bring you anything now you know so yeah. i mean i think you're right that definitely is going to be more how the industry works you think that's going to happen in the next 10 years i think so wow. i think even test drives like people will come to your house hmm. heck the car might even drive itself to your house to yeah test, right you know? seriously like, how far away are self-driving cars have you heard anything about that no 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 i know like parking from a parking lot like they could come to your house you know to to wherever you're at or things like that but i think tesla teslas are doing that right now i could be wrong but i think one of my buddies told me that wow um so yeah so anyway so we, we i don't know if i answered your question sidetracked yeah. yeah so how do people get the best deal when they go looking for a car yeah do the research like um compare mm -hmm. um you know, just look in your local area and see. So they need or to even prepare the before they go. Yeah, so that way you know where to go. I mean, if you're local, you know, for example, like Salem, you know, Honda of Salem, some people will compare. And actually, they're, they're known for having really good prices, especially with used vehicles. And 
Um, but like I'll have people compare and, and every now and then you'll find a better deal at like a different Honda. Like let's say, um, I don't know, let's say one in Portland mm-hmm. and they live in Salem. So I'll just tell them, look, just bring that quote in, whatever you got and we'll match it to earn your business sure. locally. So maybe leverage that. Um, do your research first to see who has the best deals. If that local area does have the best deal, then just show up. And if they don't, try to use a quote from a net, um, you know, further away area and, and leverage that. And most most dealerships are going to do it to hmm. their business. So okay. I'd say um, there are things that are offered, like options. I think you were telling me that, that you felt like you were upsold. Yeah. Um, you know, that depends. Um, if it's a used car, I always recommend, I always recommend like the warranties. Um, but that's ultimately up to the customer. Yeah. Um, some dealerships will offer like lifetime oil. Yeah. That's what got me. But like I already had somebody that was changing my oil. Yeah. But I thought, oh yeah, I could pay for it now and never have to do it. But then I'm like, did it twice. Yeah. And I was back to seeing my guy. You know (laughs) what I mean? It's like dumb. Yeah. So there's those options for some people you know it makes sense some people doesn't if they like to change their oil then then great but yeah i I like i mean i know how to change my oil doesn't mean i like to do it so right um now are those guys on a commission because i felt like they are the guy who sold me the car was pretty straightforward no big deal but then it was like when i went back there that's when i got hammered i was like whoa (laughs) whoa I walked out of there like, what just happened? I was not prepared for that, you know. And I called my my mom after that. I was like, yeah, this, uh, when I went back, she was like, oh yeah, those are the guys, the ones that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, are yeah. dealerships doing anything to? Because I mean, you know, obviously, if that's been like kind of the tradition, I would assume that people would be kind of turned off by that. Yeah, some dealerships do have one person deal with everything, mm-hmm. and that's nice. Um, but I think, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely makes it a little more efficient when there's, like, a finance manager that can take care of all, like, the DMV paperwork. And then they'll usually sometimes offer, like, a warranty or if, mm-hmm. if you didn't already sell it. And that's the thing. Uh, where I work, we we offer it. Like, mm-hmm. as I sell the car and tell them how much it costs and, you know, we worked out the deal or whatever, um, I also offer, like, hey, you can also get a warranty. It's going to be this much. If you want to get oil, it's going to be this much. If you want to get other packages like sealants or a clear bra or whatever for your car, like it's going to be this much. Do you want them? Which ones don't you want? You want this one? Great. It's going to add this much. And so sometimes when you get to the finance manager, everything's already done. And all you have to do is give them the payment and set up the payment and sign your DMV paperwork. Um, Have you noticed, is there any kind of advantage for people going to... A dealership versus buying online? Um, I've never actually bought a car just like directly online. So I really, really wouldn't know how to compare. But I guess if I just, if I knew exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Then I would just do it online. But hmm. um, sometimes I like to, oh, all the time, I guess. I like to compare. I like to drive a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Are there things people should look out for when they're buying a car? Like, I mean, how do you, like, one of the things, you know, you're talking about trying to, like, put people on blast, but, like, how do you, how would someone know when they're maybe dealing with somebody that they don't want to deal with that is just trying to screw them over or doesn't have their best interests in mind? Like, what kind of specific things should people be looking for? Um, research, like, uh, trades. So... You know, uh, there is a bad, bad stigma with trading in your vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, most dealerships, well, but with Kelly Blue Book now, it's pretty uh, it's pretty easy to not get ripped off anymore because your val- the value of it is on Kelly Blue Book. So mm-hmm. the dealership that I'm with, that's what they go off of. It's pretty straightforward. They just We just go based off of Kelly Blue Book so people get the true trade-in value mm-hmm. of what they have versus – a local dealership trying to undercut them, you know, two, three grand. So that way they could later on flip it sure. you know, and make that in profit. Well, which I get it, but 
I don't know. Again, it goes back to me just wanting to genuinely help people. So like your personal philosophy. Yeah. So then would you say that when you're, what you should look out for is someone that doesn't seem to have your best interests in mind. Yeah. Maybe know that, that Kelly blue book value. Mm -hmm. And if they come back and say like, let's say your car is worth 10 grand, but they're saying, yeah, we're going to give you four grand for it. That's already kind of a red flag. Hmm. Um, And it's okay to walk away from a deal, right? Like, I mean, You know, like if someone, because I, I remember feeling pressured, like, even when I felt like, okay, I don't want this car. I know this isn't what I want. Like, feeling bad because the the uh, dealer had spent, you know, an hour with me or yeah. 15 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever. I felt, like, pressure, like, oh, man, I, should, I need to do something because they spent this time with me. But you don't have to, right? No. Like, you can walk away. Like, yeah, you can walk away. if you feel like you're not getting a good deal, you should move yeah. on, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. you can kind of tell, I mean, go with your gut, you know, mm-hmm. you can tell when you're de- dealing with somebody who's like a little shady a lot yeah. of times or, I mean, I mean, at least I can, I can kind of sense that, but yeah, <clears throat> go with your gut. I yeah. mean, most people genuinely want to help. At least I like to think, but there are, like I said, there are some of those people that just want to get you, <clears throat> which is weird. Yeah. It Cause is. it's like, it's so weird. Cause it's not even like that anymore. It's yeah. not like. It's like, what's in it for you? You're not going to make more money. Right. You just want to get them to be an asshole? Yeah, (laughs) right, right. That was weird. And kind of the way we reconnected is I started seeing your Ask for Cisco stuff on Facebook. I kind of reached out to you. I was like, hey, this is smart and good. You should keep doing that. Uh, Where did that come from? Like, what did you, like, when did you decide to do that? How did you decide on Ask for Cisco, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, so it came from, um, well, one, I knew that I needed to not just rely on the incoming traffic, and it wasn't like me to just be sitting around and just waiting for customers to come. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so used to like going to get it, going to chase mm-hmm. after it. And so rather than, I mean, it's kind of a form of chasing it, but in a way of attracting it. Um, you know, just basically letting people know, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Like, if you want to get a car, like, just let me know. Ask for Cisco. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but was there like, cause I mean, it's simple and you know, man, that was really smart. It was my first thing when I saw it, I was like, that's smart. Like not just that you were using Facebook ads, not, but that you were, you had something called ask for Cisco, like yeah. super simple. And really when they came in, they could literally ask for you you know what i mean so like when did you how did you come up with that like what was the thinking behind that yeah oh good question so it it was i was thinking of other things like cisco helped me cisco helped us okay cisco from honda things like that yeah sure but but i didn't know if none of those are as good as ask for cisco by the way but anyway continue (laughs) um so it's it was kind of like so there's, they have the dealership website. I tried it when I first got there. I reached out to the webmaster of the company mm-hmm. and I asked him if, if I could have um, another website, just a subdomain basically recreated sure. with my phone number. And I already had a, a domain name that I had purchased, which was Ask for Cisco. Okay. And the reason why I did that was because he said, so it kind of like, it kind of uh, lined up perfectly because he said no. So I'm like, okay, well, this kind of makes sense to have it called Ask for Cisco because if they go to the dealership and they make the call, they're going to know, well, can I speak to Cisco? Yeah, you know? sure. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, that phone number is just straight to the dealership right? versus my phone number, and I still wish it would. I still wish I had my own website or the same website just on my So phone. would they not let you create yeah, your own yeah, website? Yeah, they wouldn't let – I mean – I could create my own website, but it's going to be tough to maintain with all the uh, inventory that's coming in sure. and going out. Sure. And, that's a and it's probably a waste so. of money. Like, I do think, like, Instagram would make sense. Like, yeah. I do want to get into some of the weeds with, like, what you're actually doing marketing-wise. Because yeah. I think you're doing good stuff, but I still feel like you probably still feel like you're just scratching the surface with oh, yeah. what you could be doing. And it does take a lot of time, like, creating the content and whatnot, but... Um, Okay, so anyway, so you create Ask for Cisco. They tell you no with the website. So then what happens next? So then 
I just have to use my domain, the Cisco, which is a mask for the 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 dealerships Honda Sam website. Um, so if someone types in astrocisco.com, it's going to redirect them to the yeah. Honda site. Yeah, okay. so that way it shows all the inventory. And if they do decide to call, subconsciously, they already know to ask for Cisco. Sure, sure. Um, so that's that's where that idea came from. Um, but yeah. So then how do you transition from that to Facebook ads? Um, and did you, sorry, the second part follow-up to that is, did you also create, Facebook page, Ask for Cisco, yeah. Instagram page, YouTube channel. Like, what did you do? I did Facebook. I have Facebook and Instagram. Haven't tapped into YouTube yet, um, but I'm definitely going to be um, making a lot of like videos. Mm -hmm. And some of that's going to be going to YouTube, but a lot of that's going to be blasted through Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, we can put but, on all of the platforms, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah. But that just came from me just being just aware that one right now, Facebook and Instagram ads literally cost almost nothing right? Uh, compared to what companies spend on, on advertising, right. on all kinds of different platforms. So I, I thought, why not? This is a little bit more of a technical question, but actually something I'm struggling with. So I don't know if you know what I'm doing, but I do have a, side hustle I'm building and really all, I'm trying to do kind of what you're doing. I'm as far as like building a company that just helps. So it's called rescued heroes. And basically we try to encourage people that wouldn't normally think about rescuing dogs to rescue dogs. And then we also sell right now stickers online that we're just taking the profits and giving them to rescues and shelters. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things I have done a couple of Facebook ads, but I feel like my targeting is not very good. Yeah. Do you have a strategy for how you target people and how do you tell if your ad, if you feel like your ad is being successful? Yeah, well, um, Facebook has a, a business manager. Yeah. So you can go in there and see how well your um, ads have done, how much um, per, per click you're spending. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I have had one that went really bad actually recently, probably like three weeks ago, where it was like four dollars per click, hmm. and it was um, they call them carousel ads, where yeah, where the just, stuff scrolls through. Yeah, you can swipe to the left and look at different options. Um, and I later learned that, and I because I, again I'm curious, I was like mm -hmm. curious why it didn't do too well. I learned that that's best to do once you've. Um, to, to retarget an audience, people that have already clicked. Hmm. So, and with looking into the analytics on the f Facebook manager, business mm -hmm. manager, you're able to see all that stuff. And so, um, I guess it depends on the ad. Uh, I try to, I do try to cater, like, for example, it, let's say I took a picture of a, um, somebody who's just bought a car just bought a car is between this age and this age mm. and i also learned a little bit about them they went to this school i'm going to target hmm. people between those age demographics because then they might be a little more interesting That's that went to this school because it's going to go through their uh timeline and they like it and then i'm going to also rerun it again f uh targeting people that liked that picture and hmm. and their friends so it's going to target those people and their friends. Hmm. Interesting. Um, okay. So, but because when you initially set up the ad, I, now I'm just like asking questions about how to yeah, no, no. how to do Facebook. But uh, when you initially set up the ad, it like asks you what the purpose, like brand awareness, conversions, like whatever. whatever. Like, mm -hmm. do you have a specific one you're always trying to get, or do you like mix it up? Yeah, I mix it up. Okay, I always mix it up. Um, yeah, doing it on the desktop or your laptop, it's it gets way you can get pretty in depth yes like timeline almost like too in depth where i almost am like man i gotta spend a little overwhelming right yeah right yeah so i mean because i've been just trying to learn off youtube and watch is that kind of how you went yeah. to you went about like i mean even the analytics i'm like man like just trying to keep everything going it's like yeah. how do i you know yeah. how do i stay on top of like really looking to see like i can tell i'm looking at my sales i'm obviously could tell that the ad was not successful so yeah. um i don't even need to look at the analytics but okay so anyway all right i don't we to get off on a no no Facebook and it doesn't heck i 
I, I've even I've even been thinking about reaching out to somebody to pay mm-hmm. to do my my ads, um, to kind of outsource that somebody that knows way more than I do. Sure, it, it's probably going to be worth it. Sure. Um, yeah, I know it's going to be worth it. Yeah. Um, so there's that. I mean that that could be an avenue too. To yeah, I just try to if I just try to leverage my weaknesses. You know, if it's not something I'm strong in, I'm gonna. See, and then how do you decide between, because, you know, Gary Vee's big on that too, like just pay people to do things that you're not good at, you know, but at the same time, it's like, I'm really curious by nature too. And so I always have that struggle of, I want to learn this. Like, I want to know how to do this versus I'm not good at it. I should try to find somebody else who is, Yeah. you know, and how do you find that balance? Because I'm always like, well, I should just learn how to do this. Um, that's a good question. I think it's maybe realizing like if you don't like to do it and if you're not that curious to keep on learning it, Mm -hmm. maybe that's it. Like, like I like business ads and I like understanding like the surface level, but kind of like what we were on the very like specifics and details of, of the ads. That's like, Oh, that's That's a whole piece in in itself. Yeah, for sure. And I don't want to spend, you know, all night figuring one thing out. Hmm. Um, especially if I don't love that aspect. So yeah, I actually did recently have one of my buddies help me with, with one ad and, and we, we agreed that for every, every lead that becomes a deal, he would get a hundred bucks for, Hmm. and we only ran it for, uh, it was five days. It was like this Costco ad and we just targeted people that were Costco members because they could get a Costco, uh, discount. I see. Um, and nothing crazy. I mean, I, I got like seven conversations from it, two actual deals. But hey, he got two hundred out of it for just sure. helping me post, making the post, and sure. So that was that. Hmm. And do you have like a marketing strategy? Like, I mean, are you you know I'm gonna do this many Facebook ads. I'm gonna run this on Instagram. I'm gonna, you know. Um. I or try to spend like a hundred bucks a week at least. Okay. I should maybe be spending more. Um, yeah. But um, I post every single deal that I get, every single sell. Sure. I post it on Instagram, which is connected to my Ask for Cisco uh, page. And is your Instagram Ask for Cisco as well? Yeah. Okay. For, they're both at, yeah Ask for Cisco. But I'm mean, even even on my personal page. I'll on my story I'll share something, mm-hmm. but also tag my Ask for Cisco page. Okay. So people can go there and check other stuff out. Have you noticed? I would I would assume that your Facebook would be more active than your Instagram just because the demo of Facebook I'm assuming would be kind of more like the car buying yeah. age and like. Is, have you noticed that? Yeah, Facebook. There's more likes. There's more engagement um, than than on Instagram. Um, so yeah, yeah, hundred hmm. percent. And so, are you basically just on those two platforms? Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, Snapchat. Okay. On my personal Snapchat, I'll like post like a sell, like the picture of the customer, and congrats, you know, this person they just bought this. Okay. Traded in this or whatever their situation was. Okay. Um. Where would you say in your business are you winning right now? And where do you think, like, you're losing, you got to get better, you got to improve? Like, like where are you like, man, this is going really well. Like, I'm super excited about this. And where are you like, ugh, I got to figure this out somehow. Where I'm really excited about is I think, um, good question. <laughs> I'd I'd have to say it's like going back to the helping people, building rapport with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm just myself. I'm I'm truly just myself, and I think people can can kind of sense that. Look, this guy's actually really trying to help me. Sure. Um, you know, I pride myself on like going above and beyond, and and trying to really help and serve a person um, where I would want more help in the area of opportunity is I think kind of the the social media stuff like sure. ads and nailing that down and uh, how to drive more business through social media yeah. I'd say it creates about I don't know maybe five 
to seven deals per month. Okay. Um, I have some ideas I want to talk to you about off air, just to yeah. boring, cool. not necessary for everybody to sit through, but I definitely have some thoughts for you. Um, okay. What, uh, so your dream ultimately is to be doing real estate investing, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Real estate. Everything has always been in pursuit of real estate investing, whether, but there's always been different levels of interest and yeah, seriousness. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, and if there was someone who was like just starting out in sales, like regardless of what it is, they just were in the sales industry, what would be like some advice you would give them or like, you know, to 18 year old Cisco that was just starting out at Coco, like what advice would you give them now? I would say take as many actions as you can. Um, it's so easy in sales to just kind of be relaxed and just chill and cause mm-hmm. there's really no one telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say just go all in. One of the books that changed me was, uh, by Grant Cardone. It's called 10 X and he just always talks about like y- most people underestimate what it takes to, you know, be truly successful. Sure. And the whole philosophy is like 10 X everything. You know, you want a hundred thousand? No, you don't. Go for a million. Like you want, hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, How so. have you applied that in your life? Like in one, can you pick like one specific area where you like? Yeah. I've really taken the dots from that and applied it here. Yeah, I mean everything I do, it's like I just go ham. I like, I'll literally like, like psych myself up and be like, dude, go beast mode, just fucking kill it. Like just huh. go in. Okay. And just. And so whether it's like, whether you're making calls to schedule your appointments or, you know, things like that, I try to make as many calls, follow-up calls. Like, I mean, if you were to go to the dealership, you'll notice like a lot of guys just kind of standing around Mm -hmm. and I'm at a desk, like making calls, following Mm -hmm. up with people, writing letters, thank you letters, um, um, in hopes that, you know, I'm going to either make a deal or they're going to re- refer other people to me. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I would say. Take a lot of actions. Um, learn, don't learn from people that are already doing it at a high level. Mm-hmm. Not, not just people like, like you, but people that are doing it at a super high level. So mm-hmm. for example, when I, when I first started, I asked my manager, general manager, like, hey, who are some people that are just killing it? Like, who, who's doing, like, 30, 40 cars a month, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, and he gave me a, a name to some guy that lived in in uh, Honolulu at a Toyota store. I called him up. Hmm. And I was like, hey, man, like, I hear you sell 40 cars a month. He's like, yeah, sometimes 50. I'm like, what are you doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and was he, because like you, you said that the industry can be kind of cutthroat. Was he open to yeah, he was helping open. you out? Yeah. I mean, if I was at his dealership, probably not. Yeah, yeah, sure. But, um, yeah, that's, that's what hmm. I would do. What was the best piece of advice he gave you? Um, well, it was, nothing, it was nothing fancy, actually. Mm-hmm. It was actually him just knowing a lot of people um, and being there for 12 years now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But th- I did find out actually, it was the other night I was, I was watching some videos on like how to get to that level. And mm-hmm. I guess there's this guy, um, I think like at a Buick dealership who's selling like 50 cars a month. And that's that's kind of crazy. He had only been doing it for three years. Wow. So that's um, that's kind of crazy too. True. I also read <laughs> that there was a guy back in like the eighties who literally just called everybody in the phone book and asked them when they're gonna get their next car, <laughs> and wow. put them in the rolodex like, oh, three months from now, and would call them in three months from then. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. So. Huh. I think that guy has like the record for selling the most cars like ever in a year. Wow. Okay. But that's it, different now, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's even a phone book anymore. Yeah. Like how do you even, yeah. Uh, okay. So if you're a natural salesman. I feel like I'm not like, I've been trying to like run, I ran ads and like, I'm always like nervous about how much to put out there. So like, 
And I've been using this example of Jeff Brunescu, who runs North Fresh Sushi. He's got a food truck out there. Shout out to him. I don't like sushi, but I suppose I heard it's incredible. Anyway, um, he posts like every day something about his his shop, and it's never annoying. Like I'm always like I'm on it, but I'm always afraid. Like if I posted stuff every day for Rescue Heroes, like other than like I post like funny videos about dogs or like yeah. statistics about why you should adopt and all that stuff, but like. I feel like if I was posting every day, like, hey, go buy my stickers or, you know, whatever. I feel like people would be like, Ugh. like, and so I do feel like that hurts my sales a little bit. And I don't think I'm very good at sales. Obviously, the data is showing that. Hmm. So, like, what's one thing I could do right now to improve my sales? I think that you just said it yourself. Um, I mean, not caring. Yeah, there's going to be people that don't aren't going to like it, but who mm -hmm. cares? You're, those aren't your customers anyway. Yeah, that's um, true. Because even like with your stuff, when I see Ash Francisco stuff, I'm never like, oh gosh, you sold another car. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. always like, oh cool. You know what I mean? Like I'm down to see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot where I learned this, but omnipresence, like um, the one reason why some businesses fail is because people don't even think about them. Yes. So, And that's the thing. I think I'm having trouble penetrating people's attention. Because yeah. it's so spread out, you know. Yeah. I'm just, just in this little nook, like, hey, rescue dogs are cool. You should adopt them, you know what I mean? So it's it's hard to really garner people's attention. We've been doing good work and stuff is happening, mm -hmm. but it's. I thought it would be moving faster than it is. It might be just focusing on omnipresence because that's all I'm focused on right now. Is, sure. You know, Coca-Cola doesn't care how much they're seen. They want to be seen. They right. They want to put their logo on almost everything, you know, huh. commercials. So you're they saying get out there more. Get out there everywhere, everywhere okay. that you can. Okay. Um, and that's why, like I said, I have those platforms, even my personal pages, I'll share something, mm -hmm. directing them back to those uh, those websites or the, um, the page. Okay. Because in the end, I believe in that too. Like, I mean, it is like that's what I'm the most passionate about is like... I, mean, I like dogs more than I like people. So it's like I'm I'm super passionate about that. So, okay, I just got to yeah, get man. more If you love it, just blast it, you know. Like okay. let people know this is what I do. So when they think about dogs, they might just yeah. think, well, heck, Kevin was posting something about. Yeah, me. yeah. And then they'll just okay. reach out to you. Okay. But if they forget about you because you're not posting as much, yeah. you're not in their face. Yeah, know? for sure. Okay. All right. It's a good word. All right, is there anything else? That was, that was it. That's what I had. Any advice for me, man? Yeah, dude. I, I definitely have some stuff, but it's all kind of like technical. I mean, okay. we, we do it here <laughs> if you want, but I mean, like, it might be better to do it off. It's up to you. Either, either or. Maybe. Um, I will give you one piece of yeah. advice. I think you, you need to start a YouTube channel, and I okay. think the YouTube channel needs to do two things. It needs to do, like, interviews with people if they're down to, like, that have bought cars from you to, like, do like a testimonial for you doesn't have to be like fancy cutting just hey bought this car dude was super respectful you know didn't try to hassle me no haggle just came in here bought the car it was a great experience boom have a bunch of those on there also stuff on like how do you make sure you get a good deal how do you finance correctly what kind of things should be you know what i mean like giving people value in that way just short and then also so you can even do that for instagram but just share it on yeah. your youtube as well yeah. I mean, I think like any way you could like give value, like help people understand that experience so that they have a positive experience when they go to buy a car. I think that would be huge. Yeah. Sounds gold. Even things like maintenance, like how do you know, how often should you be really getting this stuff done and make sure you do this. And when it gets hot, you should be thinking about this. And when it gets cold, you should be thinking about, you know what I mean? Yeah. All of that stuff. I think that would be really. And then, like I said, you could you know make the content you can put it on all your facebook and your instagram too but i just think like yeah it should live on there should be a youtube channel that is yeah. asked for cisco and has a bunch of testimonials and you can put the testimonials on yeah. your page so i think a testimonial ad would be really powerful oh yeah you know if you get a someone saying hey like you know and caption it you know yeah because i know that you can like even that. do you can even um target like next up video or yeah. like in between. You know Definitely. how sometimes you get those ads that come up? Right. You can do that for your local area. Yeah. I just haven't thought about like what should I, what kind of video should I Yeah. Do, you know? I think a testimonial would be really good because that's, 
you know, I mean, I think one of the things you're battling is the stigma of, I don't want to get ripped off by a car salesman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so if there's people on there that look like me, that are like me, that are saying that they went to this guy and didn't get ripped off, they actually had a really positive experience, you know, and it would almost be better if it's underproduced. It looks like you just held your phone there and they talked into it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Versus. And actually statistically those videos do better than like, professionally yeah, done video for sure because it doesn't look like you like paid some actors to yeah. get on there and be like we like cisco you know what i mean <laughs> it's like people that really were like actually bought cars from people. yeah that's true so yeah thanks for the tip yeah that's what i that was the that was my one piece cool man all right man well thanks for being on the show it was sick. Thank you. Thank you. all right man